Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend. My name is Chris Ford. Ford. That's, I'm so glad you introduced yourself. Thanks for taking the initiative. <laughs> Who knew that this week you would have a first on the podcast or something? You know, next time I'll just let you do the intro. We'll, we'll shake things up a little bit. Chris, tell us, oh, tell us what your other name is that people can find you under. <laughs> A.K.A. The Objective Geek of <laughs> YouTube and Twitter non-fame. I always say YouTube and Twitter, but like you're also on Instagram, right? Like I don't know why I leave that one out, but it's uh, fine. I don't do anything on Instagram really, and also Twitter. I, f- I have like a hundred and seventy followers on Twitter. I don't think any of them actually watch my YouTube videos. I don't know why they follow. I think they just follow me because I follow them, and we're just into kind of the same stuff. But I don't think any of them are into my avatar stuff for my YouTube videos. Really, I get. I mean, way I get some more... support. Don't. I'm not. Uh, but yeah. I get way more like if like just sort of random hashtag follows on on content and I do the same for other people. I find like random hashtag following way more gratifying on Instagram, uh, but not like the actual interaction. Like I, I like the tweets and commentary and things on YouTube that doesn't feel quite the same or quite right on Twitter. But, you know, each has its strengths. I think ours probably lends itself better to Twitter. That's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Sean Taylor, not of YouTube or Twitter, but... <laughs> This is Avatar, The Last Podcasters. This week we are on Book 3, Fire, Episode 16, The Southern Raiders. And I don't know where else I was going with that. We, we're on the home stretch. I've said that every week for like the past 10 weeks now. But before we get started, as always, Chris, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good. Starting a new job. And uh, that's going pretty good. I'm liking it so far. I really haven't done anything because I've been working remotely. And so I've just been trying to keep <laughs> a little busy. Uh, but that's uh, doing good. Uh, since I started a new job, things are getting a little bit more, you know, busy around the house. <laughs> and, and so I feel like I haven't been as good as, uh, you know, doing the homeschooling and stuff. But, Chan, whatever. My daughter's fine. My daughter could honestly probably go to fourth grade. She's in second now. And she'll, and, I mean, she wouldn't be, take a while to catch up. But she could do it. She's a smart, smart girl. Good, good homeschool teaching. That's probably the biggest cause. I mean, is it at least a little bit fun to like try to work back through some of that stuff with your kid? Uh, yeah. I mean, none of it's hard, honestly. Like I said, it's <laughs> she hasn't gotten into anything difficult. Yeah, I feel like once you get into grade, maybe it's like eighth or ninth grade math where you got to at least read back into the book and remind yourself like, what do I do here? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I do forget how to do long division. Because we, we because just don't, I use we don't calculators. use it. Yeah, we just we use. Yeah. I don't. Let's be honest. I don't even use a calculator. I plug it in Excel. I got Excel ready to go all the time. That is true. Yeah, calculators. <laughs> psh, that's so... calculators are nineteen ninety. We're well, in Excel because no I might want to change. The reason why I plug in Excel, which might be your same reason, is that I might want to change one of those numbers quickly, and I can just plug it in. We're we're Excel people. I love Excel. Excel is. The only actual, like, hard mark... Um, it's not to say that I don't have other skills, but in terms of, like, like a hard marketable <laughs> skill where I'm, like, above average and I would pitch myself and say, hey, I can do good things for you just with this software that comes standard <laughs> yeah. in your computer is that I could make you a full video at a PowerPoint with no other software and I can do some sick work in Excel. And those are my that's my, that's my pitch, right? That's my whole job pitch. <laughs> it's not a good one. Don't try that as a job pitch friends <laughs> well oh, yeah i definitely put excel as my top thing like they always ask me like oh how's your sales skills i'm like 
they're great. I try to preface it by saying like, oh, when I first started my first company, they asked me the same question. I said, yeah, it was a seven out of ten. You know, gave me one out of ten, and I went to that company, realized I was a three, but then I worked my started working more, realized now I'm a nine. I actually this is a little bit of a tangent but i think you'll appreciate it and you know that's fine that's the important thing is you'll appreciate it so i said something i kind of did the other way around i don't carry a whole lot of self-confidence as it is and i had used excel but i was like i know there's other things that excel does that i don't do so when they asked me at payless i was like i don't know three four something like i know the very very basic stuff i don't know the stuff that you're wanting me to know to say yes to and that was right like when i got through it and i felt really good and so then when I got to this job that I'm at currently and they asked me, uh, where are you at? I was like, I'm like an eight, like eight, maybe nine. Like I know VBA. Uh, I will, I will, yeah. I will do some VBA hard coding by memory out of my head. And so they're like, all right, like, well, I you still, memory. uh, right. I, like I know VBA. I even, you know, I still have to Google a lot of it, but I can do some very, some very basic stuff out of there offhand. So I was really proud. I was like, I'm an eight. They're like, all right, well, we're still going to have you take this test for Word and for Excel. I was like, Psh, whatever, that's easy. The test doesn't care as much about functions <laughs> as it does, like, hey, if you wanted to, uh, see, I don't even know the things. It's like, hey, if you wanted to comma delimit these two cells, how would you do it? And, I, and my answer is like, I'd import the data in a way that I didn't need to do something that's stupid, but you don't get that answer because <laughs> yeah. it's a multiple choice thing. Or it'd be like lots of formatting, like lots of ribbon tool things that we don't use and we don't care about in the real world does not care about. And so I was pissed because then that test made me feel <laughs> like a three. I was like, no, no, I'm better than this test. So I got really mad, but it didn't matter in the end. I know, I know myself. That's our Excel stories. Kids, if you don't know Excel, go learn Excel. It's very valuable. Um, yeah, I wish I wish out of college, if I knew anything, I would have worked on my Excel skills being a business major. I definitely would have invested more time in advance, but as it was, Payless was a tremendous start for that. And I had Dustin Watson teaching me, and like Dustin and Sean Davis, those guys, those, those guys knew their stuff. So it came it came around really quick. Um, Chris, I had a strange week. I I had a beard going for like two weeks. Like an actual, like I actually had it trimmed and tried to keep it groomed. Well, it turns out that my hair on this side grows like in swirls and my hair on this side grows straight. And so it looked really stupid. So I shaved it. I didn't think it'd be a big deal because I've never had a beard before. Shaving a beard off is the weirdest feeling in the world. It just looks wrong. As soon as it comes off, I'm like, that's, that's messed up. I'm uglier than I remember being ugly <laughs> under there. Way uglier. So I was like, I had a beard and then I didn't. I've binge watched like four TV shows. Like, in the past two weeks, I've gone through most of Kill I Kill, most of Full Metal Alchemist, and uh, during the work day, I, was, I watch and listen to a lot of Xena, Warrior Princess, which is fine to do at work, because you don't have to pay attention to that show at all, really. No offense, Sam Raimi? 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 I don't know how to say his name. Spider-Man guy. The Spider-Man guy. I did not know he was involved in that show. He is the director of that show, and it came because, like, previously, I believe he had done... Is that House of the Dead, maybe? Or something like that? Like a horror movie or two on a really yeah, I do low think budget? Yeah, starts in horror. And then, yeah, because, you know, low budget, like, what can you do with practical effects and all that? It makes sense. And so he came from there, and then he had this real low budget on Xena, and so it looks really bad at first, but then when you sort of understand the, the budget and things he's working with, you're like, all right, that's pretty cool. 
other thing is that I did not know that Xena was Lucy Lawless. Uh, I don't remember her real name, but she is on Parks and Rec. She's one of Ron Swanson's yeah. wives. I did not know that until his final wife. Great, his, his final great wife, character yeah. in that show. Um, and it just never, never struck. So that's very exciting. And I, it's, it's really bad schlock, uh, but it's in a good way and clearly like a labor of love. And so it's been a lot of fun to watch. So that's my whole week is just binging terrible TV shows and lamenting the direction of my beard. And it sounds really unproductive and that's because it was, but I do have some good news and that is our news that we have to talk about right now. It's some Netflix news. And that is that this week it was announced that the entire Avatar The Last Airbender series is going to be on Netflix starting May, roughly Chris's baby due date. May 15th. Roughly Chris's baby due date, which I don't remember exactly, but I know it's close. (laughs) Did you remember what it was? I I remember now that it is a boy and that it's mid-May and that its name is... Uh, I never told you his name before, but we do plan on naming it Isaiah. No, you totally told me that because I knew I should know it. Yeah, yeah, because I knew that I should know it, but I forgot it. So I'm just a shitty friend, but great name, Isaiah. Great name. Courtney, uh, have you ever met Courtney and Daryl Sappington's baby? Uh, Well, no, I haven't met their baby, but I know Courtney. Courtney and Daryl. (laughs) Yeah, they adopted adopted a child named Isaiah, and he likes to throw footballs indiscriminately around their house, and that makes me really happy as a football guy. But anyway, Avatar, Last Airbender, May 15th. All three seasons are going to be on there. Chris, reactions, thoughts, feelings? Um, It's interesting. I'm very excited for some reason, even though I own multiple copies of the show. I own it on... uh, I had it on bootleg for a long time. I have it on... Then I bought it on Blu-ray, and then I rebought them on DVD because those had more commentaries on them. Um, and so, but I don't have them digitally, and so this is great. <laughs> you know, you have them have them digitally. Uh, but there might be a little bit more content around this because, unfortunately, um, The Last Airbender, the movie that every, most people hate, uh, I would say 90% of people hate. And it There's keeps small... showing up on my trending also. It keeps showing up. Oh, Yeah, so like in movies, it is ranked... It has, since it's been on Netflix, it's been in the top 10 on movies, pretty much around like six and seven, pretty much since it's been there, which I'm like, what, what are people, what are, what are you guys doing? Are you guys that bored? I blame the quarantine for it, but I, I (laughs) would rather, this sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment, sort of is, I would rather like listen to like our whole podcast, but then actually edit them. So like listening to them over and over and over and over again, like all hour and 20 minutes that we do, I would rather do that every week that we do this podcast forever than watch that movie one more time. Uh, unequivocally, I enjoy <laughs> rewatching and editing podcasts, which I already don't do. I'd still enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. I say that must, we're going to think silver lining here, right? Netflix saw that and then thought, holy crap, if we actually put something good related to Avatar, then we can drive people in there. So I would like to think that something good came out of this awful movie. And also, because they can now put Avatar on there, and now it it's a proof of concept to them, right? In businesses, 
whether you're in retail, whether you're in uh, Hollywood, anything, you want a proof of concept, you want something, you want good proof that something will work. And The Last Airbender ranking high continuously in their top 10 movies and proves that there's a good audience for this. And then once they put the actual show on there, which hopefully that does well, it should do well. I mean, I understand a movie is less commitment, um, but I think Avatar has so many fans that it's been, you know, everyone's boosting, boosting the signals like, hey, now you can go and watch it for free. I think a lot of people are going to be into it. So then I think that is going to even drive hard, even harder that, hey, we should get the ball rolling on the live action adaption. And when that finally comes around, there'll be a good pent up demand for it because more people have watched the show on Netflix. I would say it's important to look at like the current state of Netflix without, uh, you know, essentially without Disney properties. And so it's a different Netflix today than it was a, a year ago. But yeah, there's still no reason for that movie to be in the top 10. But um, <laughs> it is it is uh, as good a venue as any to reinvigorate old interest and grab new, like lots of Avatar fans have kids that are, uh, you know, Netflix Avatar watching with parents age. So yeah. good. good right now, right now. And I don't want, I don't like bringing up coronavirus too much because it gets kind of tired of it. And kind of people get tired of hearing about it. But it could be some relation there. It could be some effect there. I think so. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, like, one thing, it'll be great. People in quarantine have something to watch now if they haven't watched Avatar before. Um, but the things have changed. And I'm not sure when things are going to go back to when they were, like, when, when, you know, Hundreds of people could be around for something, right? In order to make a show, hundreds of people had to be on set, right? You got background people, you got camera people, makeup, hair, director, actors, all those things. I don't know when's the next time that's going to be possible. And so in animation, you don't need hundreds of people there. (laughs) In fact, voice actors, um, a lot of them have been putting up their own studios at their home and they can do it there. And they can, you know, you can work with the voice actor director there. And so I do think this isn't related to Avatar, really, well, semi-related to Avatar. But I think more animation could be possibly done in the future because animation is a great medium. Um, and it can still be done remotely. Um, you know, people don't need to be all around. Which, this is the Avatar-related part. Maybe that means that the Dragon Prince season, uh, season three gets... Season three? I mean, season four, sorry. Season four gets uh, maybe gets the green light because it's like, hey, we got these animated shows. Right now, animation is the only thing we can do. And so uh, why not do it? I hope so. And like I said, I know, there's just probably, so in, in that regard, good medium for new audiences and old audiences. Uh, also good timing, all things considered. And then just general positive association. You know, there's not maybe a, a hard connection between like, hey, they're bringing Avatar, the animated series, to Netflix, and that means good things for the live action series. Maybe, but it can't be bad at a minimum. No, can't there's, be bad. there's no way it's a bad thing. So, uh, regardless of the rigidness of the connection, so it's great news, and I see a lot of people excited about it. A lot of places, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people tagging tagging me, and that's very. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing, but it at least makes me know that, like, hey, they're aware that I really enjoy the show yeah. and that I have a podcast, probably. So that's kind of flattering. Yeah. You have a lot of people tag me. 
first of all, also I want I want to not first of all. <laughs> Last of all, I want to say on Netflix on Twitter how they announced it was using the foamy mouth guy. It's a, it's a great gif of the foamy mouth guy. Yeah, yeah they captured the entire foamy mouth guy library in in a two second uh, yes two scenes yeah whatever. that's all he needs all yeah. he needs it would take a uh, kiyoshi novel to tell the story of the cabbage guy and you know it you know it nah man. I, w- I would honestly not read that maybe i probably i, mean, I probably I, wouldn't either i really the kiyoshi novels i'm glad it was amazing <laughs> because i don't love reading so it's a good thing that book was amazing um, and I, th- I thought maybe also, at first that I was being biased, but then after my wife also read it, and you also read it, it's not like you're huge into standard novels either. So after it's like three out of three, no. I was like, all right, so it actually is amazing. It's not just us. Uh, another side note, uh, so many people have been talking about Avatar. John Carla Volpe, who did not direct this episode of Tom but he directed Ember Island Players. Um, someone was, he was just talking about the Foamy Mouth guy, and he mentioned, again, how... He, he did the storyboards for it, and I mentioned before how they sent over the storyboards to Korea, and they took it and, and made him the Fleming Mouth guy. Um, another person asked him a question, because in the episode Kyoshi Warriors, there's, there's Aang and Katara like, talking, and in the background, there's this person just having a conversation with himself, and he's like visibly, visually, visibly getting mad, and then he gets sad at one point. And it is the weirdest thing, if you've ever noticed it. I, I tweeted it out, and you can see it in the tweet. Uh, so it looks like he's just talking to himself. And <laughs> John Carlo Pope said, oh, the director of the episode said he was having an argument with his wife off screen, and he lost the argument. But you don't see the wife, so it just looks like he's talking to himself. But Guys, we could, put the, we could animate this wife here, but that's going to take a few more hours. And like, you know what? It just it's, it's off screen. That's fine. Yeah, check check I'd, my Twitter. Do, it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's fine. But um, well, I don't know. Any final thoughts on on Avatar? Don't don't watch the movie. Just go skip to the show. <laughs> you know, go ahead and watch uh, yeah. the movie. Do it once and get it out of your system. I mean, I'm glad I watched it just to just to do it and be done with it, sort of. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I think I'm good. That that last time was the last time I ever needed to watch it. I, I mean, I think I've seen it time. four times, which is three and a half times too many. That's fair. That's fair. And we weren't even as harsh on it as other people, so we're trying really hard to be nice. I did... Um, so, you know that I'm not the hugest... This is only tangentially related. I'm not the hugest Jesse Eisenberg fan at all. Just in, in movies, in life, I have no idea what he's like in real life. Maybe he's a great person. I have no idea. Uh, but today we did a Netflix watch party of of the social network. And yeah. I am glad to have spent that time with my friends. But I had at no point any enjoyment from watching that movie whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> it's just... It was just two hours of like, hey, Jesse Eisenberg, can you pretend to be pretentious and and feel like you're smarter and no more than other people? And he's probably like, done. And then that's <laughs> the whole movie. And then it, it just wraps up and ends in a really weird way. It was terrible. I hope I, I never... I like Jesse Eisenberg. Like, I like him enough. Uh, I don't... I feel like I, mean, I don't love him. I just like him enough. I, I think I'd... 
I don't care for the vast majority of things off the top of my head. I'm sure there's ones that I'm not giving him credit for that I do appreciate, but uh, but I just I, during the whole movie, for the most part, I was thinking about like it's one of the, you can't say that like I hate this actor because like I, maybe he's obviously getting jobs and he's a good actor. He's maybe a good guy. I don't know. So you can't like word it that way. It's like, I hate every character that I can think that he plays. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, regardless. Uh, hey, that's Netflix. Go watch Avatar The Last Airbender. That is not a very good segue, but I'm going to ride off of it. And <laughs> we're going to get to talking about this week's episode, which is The Southern Raiders. Book 3 Fire, episode 16. There are precisely five episodes left, counting this one. Chris, would you care to walk us through the episode? All right. So it starts with, uh, with Aang just kind of waking up from a very... Nice, nice, uh, calm day. And then they all get bombarded by Azula, which absolutely love this this fight, this interaction. Uh, I mean, the, the temple is being just wrecked by Azula's ships, and she's just firing Bayonet at her. And you can tell she seems a little, slightly more unhinged, right? Like, her first interaction with Zuko is like, he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, isn't it obvious? I'm here to celebrate being an only child. Just... Uh, you said slightly I was going to say that if anything and like kind of my my usual qualm with Azula is it actually comes off maybe a little too much like they could have edged into it a little bit no you definitely, she, she unhinged yeah absolutely but I don't think it's it, to me it's, it's not it's not like blatantly out of character that yeah, that's fair. It's not it. It's close though. Like it's it's you're not left wondering how you're supposed to be feeling about Azula right now. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, so so they have a fight, Azula and Zuko. Um, that team Avatar has to split up because Appa doesn't want to go in the tunnels again. And <laughs> I love how Sokka Sokka's like, we gotta split up, guys. And him and his that pretty much say goodbye they don't even care about haru and and uh tao teo and pipsqueak not pipsqueak the duke <laughs> but he's like i got suki <laughs> i love saga's priorities here it's like should i, should I keep my dad who, who i'm missing nah i'm gonna take suki i don't want to take my dad i'm gonna take my hot girlfriend in these last few no episodes, parental though. supervision in his last few episodes with his girlfriend, though, he does kind of act like a douchebag. Like, there's lots of awkward PDA and stuff. It's not I my. I don't f- think so. I it's think not my favorite soccer time. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to feel feelings in 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 this show. No, uh, there's a lot of moments that whether it could be good or bad, but there are a lot of moments toward the end here where he's like kind of touchy feely, little PDA going on. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's his first girlfriend that didn't turn into the moon. I think you're going to want to spend some quality time with her. Especially before they all go on a suicide mission? Fine. I yeah. get it. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. If you're into that sort of thing. Uh, so as, as the temple is falling down, Katara almost gets hit with, with like, bony rocks. And Zuko saves her. And she's not appreciative of it at all. And uh, that... That informs kind of Katara's uh, viewpoint. She's still not forgiving Zuko of everything. So Team Avatar split up. Oh, I had to mention um, Zuko. I love Zuko and Azula's fight here. It's 
I think it's a great um, precursor to their Agni Kai because Azula, like we mentioned before, she's still a little bit more unhinged. But this is probably their one fight that seems to be the most even that they are. And I mean, it's displayed that way, right? They both kind of do that hit at each other and they both go flying off. And in that moment, they both seem like they're gonna, they could possibly die. They're both free falling. Zuko definitely and, getting toward his peak. Sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking just like half a step. Zuko definitely getting toward toward his peak, and Azula just a, just a smidge over over the edge. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and gosh, so I love the moment. They're both free falling. Katara uh, catches Zuko, which is interesting. If you uh, never mind, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll say more Zutara slander again, <laughs> but. She catches Zuko the same way she caught Aang when he went against the Gabunshin Man, but she hugs Aang. Here she just catches him, like, just, just throws him over the side. Yeah, throws him <laughs> But I love this moment from, from Zuko, voiced by Dante Bosco. Right? Zula's still falling to his death, which is, to me, this just epitomizes those two, right? Like, Zuko falls to his death, he gets caught by his, by his, his friends, his team. Zula falls to her death. All she has is herself. And I love when Zuko's just like, she's not going to make it. And then she takes her pin out of her hair, and then she makes it, and says, of course she makes it. Like, that's just... he He's still concerned about her, but also he's like, of course she makes it. <laughs> like, like it, Concerned I until she makes it, and it's like, you know what? I, ugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they get split up. One thing about Katara, one thing about Hakoda being split from them again is Katara really does not want to be split from her father again because she's like, the Fire Nation is not going to split us up again. And that pre prefaces pretty much this whole episode is all about the Fire Nation hate that she has for the Fire Nation and splitting up her family. So I think great job storytelling-wise there uh, just to really hit home uh, the the mindset of Katara right now, but all right. So then they they escape Azula's wrath and uh, and they're camping. Oh, I love this moment. You know what? This episode has some great f- funny moments in the first like third of it, and then after that, it's just all seriousness. Um, but they're they're back in camp, and Angus like. Great, camping again, just like old times. <laughs> and Zuko's like, if you really want to be like old times, I can uh, chase you around a bit and try to capture you. <laughs> Everyone laughs. That's a great inside joke that I, that I love. Zuko's like, trying, that, that's the type of joke you do Zuko's when you're trying, trying to fit really in. hard to, to, to fit in, trying to make friends, you yeah. know. And then, and I know that like Tara doesn't react real real well, but it does a good job of the the first portion of this episode you mentioned there's some comedy there's some dynamic stuff going on um it does a really nice job of framing framing katara's current state of mind yeah definitely um yeah so then zuko confronts katara's like hey everyone else says everyone else trusts me now why don't you and she's like everyone else trusts you i was the first one to trust you like you remember bossing say right you betrayed us, and they went down. That's your fault. Absolute great delivery from Mae Whitman. Absolute great storytelling because she's she's right. She was the first one to trust him. She was about to 
uh, um, healed his scar. Like she was was willing to to trust him, and and, and he burnt them, and like, and Aang almost died. Like it it takes a lot to get over that. Someday we'll talk about what happens or what would happen <laughs> if uh, if Katara had healed Zuko's scar. Someday foreshadowing. Yeah. Very yeah, clever. Look out for that episode. Yeah, watch out for the, that one. Around the, the May fifteenth area, whenever that is. I don't know what day of the week that is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should know. I don't. It it got yeah, bigger things right. Bigger things to worry about when the time actually comes. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I, it almost feels like a spoiled, but again, it's all just framing device, but it feels like a real spoiled sport move. Like, everybody else is having a good time. You just want everybody to get along. Um, you kind of had Zuko have even sort of this touching moment when he's watching his when he's watching Azula survive and feeling like part of the team and fam. So it does feel like Katara is just being a spoiled sport, but they're just trying to wrap up really concisely, like, hey, just because everybody else is buying your crap, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I haven't had my Zuko one-off episode adventure yet yeah and i think she does mention that the fire nation took everything from her including her mother i know she holds a necklace at one point uh which leads zuko to wanting to get some advice from sokka <laughs> and i can't help but laugh at this moment he he opens the door to sokka's camp <laughs> sokka turns around it's just like hello and then just whoop. Because, like, there's candles lit, everything. He's, like, laid out in a very... It's really awkward. It's really weird. Oh, wait. No, Sokka... Zuko first bumps into Suki. And he's like, do you need to talk to Sokka, too? And she's like, nope. I I don't. (laughs) She tiptoes away. That's a great setup for the joke. Which I messed it up by doing the punchline first. But... (laughs) It's funnier when Um, Iroh tells it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, but then Sokka pretty much uh, clues in Z- fills in Zuko on their backstory on how their mother was killed um, I love seeing this this backstory because it, it affects Sokka and affects Katara in different ways mostly because of where they were at at that moment um, Sokka wasn't there when when uh, Yan Ra um, confronted their mother so I think it it affects these two characters differently, uh, but it's great to see their point of view as as kids, right? So like the last scene of Sokka as a kid in that flashback, he's like throwing the the snow at the at the firebenders as they leave, like like his dad, very kind of more triumphant goodbye. And Katara is like, no, like the last thing, which we'll get to hers. The last thing she sees is is her mother saying go get your father like there's there's no triumph there really informs both of those characters sorry i'm just trying Um, to hold in all my emotions for this this emotional episode it does it takes it takes a dark turn here i gotta prepare myself for it yeah um so then uh zuko he he figures out that it was the southern raiders who attacked them and he knows exactly where they're located, so he tells Katara, like, hey, I know who killed your mother. You can go find them. And, and man, there's some great story work done here because Aang, Katara then goes straight to... Katara goes straight to Aang and says, 
we need to borrow Appa. And I'm like, like, Lord, are you going to go on a life-changing field trip with Zuko too? Or maybe he just has a field trip with Zuko too. I thought he said and something else. I thought you were onto it there. Maybe not. Maybe. He could be right. I could play it real quick and, and see. Not it feels life-altering, that's for sure. <laughs> but, oh well. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And then they pretty much talk about how she's going to go find her mother's killer. And Aang is... I love Aang in this moment. Um, he's like, you, you don't need to do this. Like, Well, he's not. he doesn't say you don't need to do this. He says... More of things like you don't want to do this because you know vengeance is it's not good. Um, it's not you know, for so she's like fine. Do you even understand? Um, and then later on, <laughs> she sneaks, tries to sneak away, <laughs> and then Father Angus, she's like, sorry. Angus pretty much just says like, I forgive you for trying to take Appa. See, does that give you any any give, ideas? Give you any ideas? How could yeah. Katara, it pisses me off that Katara is like, you wouldn't understand. Like, Egg's whole family was killed. What is wrong with you, you jackass? Yeah, this is... <laughs> the thing, one of the things that kind of infuriates me about, like, Korra haters, right, is that they're like, gosh, Korra gets on my nerves all the time. I think she says, I'm like, have you witnessed the things Katara has said? Like, they've been way more hurtful than anything Cora has ever done, probably. Like when she says the tough, too bad she's blind. She can't see the the nice sky <laughs> or, or other times. And here is the absolute worst thing she's ever said. First of all, you know, Angus, like, how do you think I felt when air no bats were wiped out? And then, which is, you know, Just all his of whole them. population, not, all not of them. Not this one person where I still had um, grand grand and and dad to to at least be available, but like no, my entire civilization was wiped out. Yeah. But no, I can't possibly empathize with you when you're in a bad mood, Katara. You jerk. Well, it's not. She's just wrapping up too many feelings all at once. Oh god, I just she, got to the point where Katara just tells Zuko, "You're pathetic. You look, you look pathetic." Or something. Anyway, um, and then Saga says, "Katara, she's my mom too." And this is the most hurtful thing I've ever heard anyone say in the show ever. It's like, well, you didn't love her like I did. Like, holy crap, Katara! Like, and and you can hear it in 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 Saga's voice afterwards. He says, "Like, Katara." Like it's. It's uh, it's really disheartening, right? And Sokka, I think, is is also hurt by it. Um, later on, you know, you know they try and get away. Aang says something wise, like the monks used to say that that vengeance is like a two-headed viper. When you're stinging your 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 opponent, another viper head is stinging you as well. And Zuko's like, well, that's whatever, Mister Goody Tissues. Like this isn't airbending preschool or something like that um, but the thing i love about the air nomads though is that they have a lot of teachings whether i love how ang always brings them up once always but i've no other i think bending principle really talks about their philosophies as much as air nomads do like you've seen it all throughout the show um that's one point where ang says like hope their nomads do say that hope is an illusion right hope is just something you tell yourself um you know he's come to a different I think he's come to a different conclusion than this. Um, 
which I think begs the whole question, is Aang even a good Air Nomad? Which I know <laughs> many people might be like, you're crazy, why would he not be a good Air Nomad? I mean, he could be aliens. a good person and not be a perfect Air, mo- air Nomad. Yeah. Like which I would argue he's not a good Air Nomad. One thing, he got married. Um, <laughs> he... Chris, he's he trying to repopulate that. the air nomads. Cut the man some slack here. Come well, on. if he really wanted to be good at that, he would have just been a complete nomad and walked the world and planted his seed all across <laughs> the place. <laughs> but he is an air sailor now. He just gonna <laughs> go from port to port. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot a point. Oh, anyway, I just love air nomads philosophy. Really. Really enjoy it. I think it really adds a, a great dimension to, to the whole universe, really, because we don't really hear it from other bending principles. Um, when they leave, <laughs> I love how Sokka and Aang is kind of left there, and Sokka's like, you know what? You're being really, really wise. Sometimes it's annoying. Well, he says, you're being, like, really wise for a kid and understanding. Sometimes it's annoying, but right now I'm just impressed. <laughs> and Aang just says, thank you, Sokka. Like he says it like in a disgruntled kind of way, and uh, then he just says like, "Hey, can I borrow Momo next week?" Why? I don't know. Oh, just love it. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, just that's like, that part. Sokka got to break through some of the tension in this episode. He yes. rebounds from yeah. that negative Katara comment real quick. In class, that is the that is the last funny part. In the episode, after that, things just go more dark. Yeah, um, I mean, there's still there's still humor in in what's his name living at this mall, but in terms of like intentional uh, haha comedy, yeah, that's it. It gets all dark here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Katara. This part is kind of easy to sum up. Katara and Zuko go visit one place, and she water bends a guy who might she blood bends a guy who thinks she might might be uh, Yan Ra. And I love Zuko's expression oh, on yeah, here. He's, he's kind like, of impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he's impressed and slightly scared. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> like, if I um, fall asleep and she still hates me, like, she'll just twist me into a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost like, you mean to tell me that threat that she gave me two episodes ago was a literal threat and she can kill me? pretty much once a month at will sure. if she wants to without a second thought you close your ass she will tie your feet behind your head like you be careful yeah. zuko she will she'll yeah. end these zutara rumors once and for all <laughs> <laughs> um and then and then also and after that katara has her own flashback which is like I say, it, it informs uh that character so they find out that katara's mother is um die protecting Katara, which which she knows that, which that informs character even more. Um, there's an interesting fan theory by Avatar Critic of like why Yan Ra didn't take her as prisoner and why he just killed her. It's I could I I could subscribe to this fan theory because it's like, oh well their last prisoner was Hama and she killed prisoners And she escaped. Although, wait a minute. Now that I think about it, they wouldn't know that she bloodbended necessarily. I mean, I guess they would. I don't know if they would necessarily. I would say they could, but it would not be. I there's mean, a, there's that enough guy even really there that I think she only bloodbended can... like she bloodbended one person. Probably killed them, honestly. I think there's enough ambiguity there that you can form that that theory. This is one of those times yeah. where I. 
I might be a, a, a fun hater, but I don't <laughs> I, I don't have any issue just thinking, you know what, he's not supposed to take prisoners, so he didn't. Like it doesn't yeah, bother me at all sure. to not have the, the depth there. Like, no, don't take any prisoners. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, so I I don't need that theory, but Hama, you know, she could she could inspire some some no prisoner strategies. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, hey, you keep them in cages, yeah. they get pissed. Bad stuff happens. Yeah, there's a great scene where Katara like water bends like all these this whole freaking ship and water bends all these people off of it. Just really shows her her strength. Um, but uh, yeah. So eventually they find out where Yon Ra is. He's retired and he's living off of this little this little little town, I guess. And I love how they're just following him around. He's kind of weary all day about it. I love the moment where he, he he's like, yeah, there's somebody behind me. He fire bins behind him. He's like, you're going to have to do something. I don't know if you want to sneak up on me. Mm-hmm. And he burns the bush. And he's like, and Azuka comes out. He's like, we weren't behind the bush. And then, and then uh, Katara confronts him in a really, really great moment, right? It's raining. Um, Katara's like, do you remember me? Like, do you remember my face? And then he's just like, the girl. And then uh, I forgot exactly what line. Oh. Um, I killed, He pretty much says, like, I killed your mother, the last waterbender. And he's like, she wasn't the last waterbender. And then who? It was me. Like, I think the writing there is, is okay. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think he would be that concerned about who yeah. was the last waterbender. But it's a good moment of, like, the it's me moment. And she... You know, she water bends. She stops all the rain, and she turns it into freaking icicles, stab spears that can easily just eat this guy away, like freaking just toothpicks through a sponge. I think it's uh, it's more effective than the blood bending here too, right? You blood bend here, you kind of give away the like he didn't. I don't know. It's not going to send the same message, but like you, you take the rain and turn it into a deadly weapon because you're the last waterbender. It's got like a nice touch to it. Yeah, especially because he's a farmer. Rain, good. Not anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh I yeah, and just, it just I like shows the how humble. Just... I like the humble lifestyle that this guy leaves. Like being a criminal warlord for an evil, successful nation doesn't pay kids. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. That doesn't pay. Interesting thought. Like he was pretty high up. He had, must have been. He was, had no kids. Kids are expensive. And had no wife that we know of, you know, like he should have a good savings stash put aside. But no, he's working clearly well into his sixties or seventies there, trying to care for mom. No, well, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm pretty 60s. sure it's not by it's not by his decision, right? He looks like he's living a lonely life, right? He looks like he's he's not happy where he's where he's at. I'm really curious, like, what happened that he fell from grace of of the Fire Nation. Maybe um, when they found out Katara was like alive and there's a waterbender out there, and then it was, I was like, you gotta fire that guy and strip his pension. Like, he doesn't get any of the pension. I don't want him to retire. I want him to work the rest of his life. It's probably more self inflicted. Like, probably. to be a person like that, how strong willed can you be? Like, maybe he only had lust. For, for fighting and war and stuff and he found his life to be empty or meaningless afterwards or really had no meaning in life because it was just a very much take life 
Oh, interesting, interesting thoughts, I guess. You just wrapped up some really deep thoughts, but you did it, like, real casually. Like, I had to stop and think about it. It's like, oh, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, so it continues to show how pathetic he is, because he's like, please, don't kill me. Take my mother instead. That's fair. Like, that is the most cowardly thing. I know it's say. cowardly, but that is unintentionally the most, like, sitcom-y like everybody loves Raymond hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's a real douchey thing for a guy to don't don't say about your mom's kids. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, so the um, so the flashback. So they do another flashback to it where he says like I'm not taking prisoners today. I really like the costuming on these Fire Nation soldiers. Maybe because they got these nice like Batman gauntlets. Which you don't really notice. Oh, it's just really now that I really like it. I don't think about it. Um, but uh, but so anyway, Katara spares him, and I love when she when she goes back to Aang. Aang is like, um, "You chose to do the right thing. You chose forgiveness," and and she's like, "No, I don't forgive him. All right, like I'll never forgive him." I don't know if I couldn't kill him because I'm too strong or because I'm too weak. I'm like that is some really interesting, really beautiful writing because that's so real, right? If someone killed someone I loved, I'm not sure I would kill them, but I would also never forgive them for what they did. And really, it's I don't know if it's because I'm too strong or or, or weak enough. I mean, it's probably not because you're too weak. It's probably because you're you're strong enough that you don't feel like you. You need to kill them, but it's really, really good guitar stuff in here. I'm trying to think of what I would do. You know, I'd probably just have my wife threaten them. Like, <laughs> I know how to operate a crematory. Like, don't piss us off. Don't kill my family members, or I'm gonna cook you very literally. No, uh, it it does a really nice I mean, job it's... of keeping you like on a hook, and I think you. I th- think that we probably know and knew that she wasn't about to kill anybody but it still makes it feel very real and still keeps you on the edge of your seat in a good way so what i think is really important and one of the things that i live a life by right or i won't say i live life by but what i one of the fundamentals of life one of the truths to life i, I often think about because it's the one of the basic concepts of my, one of my favorite movies. My favorite movie, Batman Begins, is the concept of justice, right? In Batman Begins, you have Batman in the middle. He's struggling with getting justice for the for the death of his parents, and he keeps internalizing this by being Batman. Uh, but he has kind of two sides. He has Rachel Dahl saying that justice is about harmony. And then you have Ra's al Ghul or Liam Neeson's character or Henry Ducard saying justice is balance, um, right? You kill someone I love, I kill someone you love. Like that's, that's justice, that's balance. Um, but I firmly believe that justice is harmony because that's the best way you can make things right. Um, that's also one of the reasons why I'm mostly against the death penalty because, you know, Rachel Dahl's in the, in the movie says like, you know, justice isn't revenge. And then Bruce Wayne, when he's younger, he's like, maybe they're the same thing. She's like, no, they're never the same thing. Justice is harmony. Revenge is about you making yourself feel better or trying to make yourself feel better. And Katara, in this moment, she did not go after vengeance. 
right? Because that would just make herself feel better. She still feels confused after this, but she did go for harmony. In this case, the harmony is forgiving Zuko, and that's probably the most justice that could come from this situation. Even though Yon Ron didn't get what he deserved, the one of the best outcomes is that Katara feels more whole. She feels more complete. She has discovered something about herself that she's able to forgive Zuko. So there's harmony there. And you know what, Yon? Yon's not leading like a real great life anyway. So it yeah. could be said that justice came back around on him too. Uh, I always, I probably do this too often where I like for complicated things in life. If I'm trying to form an opinion or feelings, like I take a smaller <laughs> opinion and then I project it into a into a bigger opinion. It's and for me, when I think about the, the justice in a violent way or versus revenge, I guess it's like it's easier. It's way easier to get mad at something that when something goes bad or goes wrong. It's like it's way easier to get mad at something than than to like try to work through it and just get get past it. I guess and that. That's what always makes the the mad or the violent or the vengeful reaction seem like kind of the easy way. I'm not saying killing somebody is easy. God, I hope it's not. But just the that that emotion, it's easy to let that emotion be the overpowering one as opposed to yeah. the one where you work through it and get by it, which makes it seem like the the road less traveled probably the better choice. I mean, at the end here, Ang says like, um, um. He says to Katara, like, doing nothing is, is easy. Well, someone said, like, oh, that's the same. Not killing him is the same as doing nothing. Or, uh, I'm sorry, I might be butchering this. Anyway, he says, doing nothing is easy, but forgiveness is is hard. Um, yeah, he says something like that. I maybe think, that was, maybe that's no, not No, I think, I think you had it there, like, because Zuko said, but she did nothing. Or maybe it wasn't even Zuko, I forget, but... Uh, I think you're on to the right point of like it's uh, doing nothing really really is easy, but to actually work through those feelings and and usually in life, not always, but usually in life, the hard stuff tends to be the the right stuff or the good stuff, usually. Yeah. And not to say, and just because like I'm against the death penalty doesn't mean that I don't think people deserve to die. All right. Um, also, doesn't think I don't think people like if if a soldier's in. In combat, like I'm not gonna be like, oh, you shouldn't kill those people, and they're like, that's you're in this situation, right? But you have someone like captured, and they hold no more threat to you. Like, should you kill that person? Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think people owe killing them is easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they owe a higher debt to society to try and um, make their wrongs, um, make it right, some one way or another. Um, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Which then leads into, um, you know, Aang says, Suko says to Aang at the end there, like, you're right, Katara, um, she got what she needed. Um, and then Aang kind of probably says, like, violence is never the answer. And then Zuko's like, well, what are you going to do against my father? <laughs> well, Shut up, Zuko. I haven't thought that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your plan at the invasion? Um, just beat him up. Isn't that pretty violent? Mm, shut up, Zuko. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk to him, man. Uh, he's he's working on it, all right. He's he's figuring he's it out. He's yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much the episode. 
but it well i mean it, that cliffhanger at the end though it kind of gets you thinking you know maybe a smarter current me would have thought about it but at the time i'm like hey that's a really good question i don't know if we've got <laughs> that figured out yet and it's something you ought to think about sooner than later that's all i'm saying so it, it that's a great way to end an episode in my opinion really weird metaphorical cliffhanger right there but all right uh let's get to your ratings then on the episode uh ratings audio visual gets an eight and a half absolutely love the fight in the beginning between katara i'm uh, sorry between zuko and azula i think it's a really foreshadowing to the agony kai and i also think um uh, katara's water bending is really uh really cool with the rain and stuff so really good job done there Story gets a nine, I think I put, yeah, nine out of ten. Amazing Katara stuff here. I think she really grows as a character here, and how her relationship forms with Zuko is really, um, really telling of, of their relationship. As for memorable, just gave it a eight out of ten. So it's rounded average, weighted average to a. 8.7 out of 10. Solid episode. Solid ratings. Uh, we weren't too far off. Audiovisual, I did an 8. Uh, a good good fight scene, but not a ton of stuff that I really felt stands out a lot. But 8 is still good. Story, you know what? Now I think about it, maybe undershot the story a little bit. But I think I'm just so turned off by how big of an asshole Katara is uh, at the beginning. Because <laughs> she is a monster at the beginning. And then... <laughs> I know that's the point, but it does kind of take away from it. Anyway, it's still a great story. Don't don't take it all with a grain of salt, as always. And then memorable eight and a half. This one always does stick out a little bit to me as a, as a really. Uh, you kind of said what I was thinking, but you worded it much better than I think it, uh, as is the norm. Like very gratifying is a great, very gratifying tie together of the Zuko Katara relationship. That comes out to an eight point two. That leaves us a real solid, real solid. 8.4 episode. That's a good run. Solid episode. It's going to rank pretty highly when we do those rankings. This season's rankings are going to be great at the end. going to be marvelous. And that's the Southern Raiders right there. There's a Zutara moment captured for everybody that's interested Zutara. in such things. <laughs> there was a, there was a, con, a con or a meet and greet, some type of Q&A with Dante Bosco and Dante Bosco, the, the voice of Zuko, he ships Utar hard, which of course he does. Like, why would he not ship his main character? That's why I'm never going to buy his great... merchandise. <laughs> yeah. But Just he kidding. says Zutara. He always says Zutara like, Zutara. <laughs> like, he just wants some of that lime you know maybe they tell him to like you know no just feed it you know keep the interest keep the keep the debate going they maybe they want him to like fuel that fire a little bit or maybe not I don't he, know. He, he says that he is the captain of the zutara ship so that's kind of adorable in its own right i mean it's still wrong but it's adorable in its own right you know in a weird way it would have been kind of funny if uh if like ang never how am I gonna? If Aang and Zuko like neither one ended up with Katara, and she just she just grew up alone and was just like happy to be single for her whole life, and they were both <laughs> just left disappointed, it'd be like a like a weird different take. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just I'm like, what if what if neither one? What if the right guy wasn't either one of those guys? But it's TV. <laughs> that's not how TV works. Anyways, that's the Southern Raiders. 
That's a great episode. And we are getting really excited. One more little, oh, let's call it a speed bump, I guess, before we get to the finale. One more little speed bump we got to get through, and then we'll be to the finale. That's going to happen next week. That's enough from us this week, I think. My name's Sean Shaler. That guy up there is... Oh, I was going to let you do it yourself again. That's fine. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Objective Geek. Objective Geek. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, of course, YouTube as well. We're on Chris's YouTube channel. Thanks for listening in. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>